Well, church, if you have your Bibles, open them to Romans chapter 12 for a message entitled, Weep with Those Who Weep. So right before I left, Lord showed us how to have joy, seven joys. And man, joy is something that we all need. We love times of joy. But the Lord also wants us to learn how to weep with those who weep. And so that's what the message that the Lord has for us today. Let's pray that we would be able to understand it and receive it. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you. Lord, we first come to you in thanks and humility bowing our hearts before you, recognizing that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that he is in control, that he died for us, that he has purchased us out of being slaves to sin, headed to eternity and hell apart from you forever. But by your grace and your mercy, you have seen fit to save us, and now we are born into the family of God. And so we gather on the first day, wanted to hear your word, celebrate what Jesus has done for us. And so, Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask that you would teach us, help us to understand your word, to apply it to our lives. Lord, give us wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Help us to be a people that love others and love you more than anything. Bless our time. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So have you ever had another person just love on your kids in a way that was just very pleasing to you? So you have your child and someone else, maybe in the church, maybe a neighbor, maybe a family member, and they have just taken an interest in your child. They have found out some of your child's likes and wants and needs, and they have sought to fulfill those. And so you might be there and this person comes over and they found something for your child and they want to bless your child with it. They just want to take care of your child. They didn't, you know, you didn't ask them to do it. They just thought, you know, this is something that I want to do. And it brings warmth to your heart and you look at that and you think, man, that is, that is so awesome that this other person would love my child. Well, how neat is that? And I tell you what, people do that to us, and so they'll analyze our kids, they'll find out things that they like, and then they will do that for them. And, you know, I will tell you, I just look at that, and people that take the time to love our kids, I think, man, that is really special. That is really special. And I know that some of us in here have felt that as well. People have done that to your kids, and you just think, Man, I really appreciate that. Now, here's what I want us to think. We're going to use that with 
what it is to be a child of God. So let's kind of understand the overall picture of what has happened to those that are now Christians. Okay, here's what happens. You were not a child of God. When you were born, contrary to a lot of the songs that are on the radio, you were not a child of God. You were born in sin, and there was a separation between you and God. Now, yes, you are his creation. You're his image bearer, but you're not considered his child. You are considered ownership. You are owned by the enemy, owned by Satan, born in slavery. That's what the Bible says. So if you think about that, every child that is born, you look at them and think, okay, this child is, has inherited sin. That is a bad news. But what happens is slowly the child grows up, hears the gospel, which is Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He rose again on the third day. And if you give him your life, he'll forgive you of all your sins. And now you will be born from above. Or you've heard the term born again. And so that's what has happened. And sometimes maybe it's happened when you're in your 20s, your 30s, or even in your 80s. You are born again, which is born from above. And now you are no longer separated from God, but now you are a child of God. You're in his family. Okay, so all of us that are his in this church, everyone look around. You guys look at those people. You guys look at those people. Okay, this, it's not weird, you know. All of us are a family. If you call Jesus Christ your Savior, the Bible says now, now that God the Father is your Father. He is your dad. And now you have brothers and sisters in Christ. You have them in Christ. And what's happening in this, in Romans chapter 12, Lord is using Paul to write a letter to Christians that are in Rome but also Christians that are in Russellville. God knew exactly what was happening. So those in Rome would receive this letter, and now here we are in Russellville, Missouri, receiving this letter, receiving instruction. So we have a father. The kids in God's family are those that are saved from their sin. They're set apart. They're born again. That's us. And then you have instructions. The Bible is our instructions. There's that, um, is it called an acronym where they say, like, be, uh, you know, basic instructions before leaving earth? I mean, I don't know, but it sounds cool. But that's the thing is that this is our instructions. These are our instructions on how we are to live in God's family. And so as a Christian, the Bible says, you have been saved from sin. And now God says, these are your instructions, and I'm going to give you a helper. So God the Holy Spirit indwells every one of God the Father's kids. So all those that are Christians in here are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the instructions our Father has given us on how to care for his kids. So think about that. He has kids, which, is, which are us, and he says, here's how I want you to treat other kids of mine. Other kids of mine. 
You're going to take an interest in them. And there's so many amazing things in Romans chapter 12, but one of the ones that we're going to highlight are in found in verse 15, weeping with those who weep. Now here's the thing, is that people weep for lots of different reasons. I mean, we, le- we weep for sickness. I mean, sometimes our own sickness, but then sometimes the sickness of others. It brings us to tears. Sometimes it's the loft of loved ones. We experience that today. We think about lost loved ones who she would sit right there, right about there on, on Sunday nights. She's no longer here, and we weep for her. Sometimes we weep because of our own sin. We've done something, and the pressure of the sin is just, is just killing us, and we're buckling under the load of sin, and it's bringing us to tears. And we are in our own room, and we not, might not let anybody else know that we're crying, but yet we are weeping because we know we have sinned. And we're starting to think about the consequence of that sin. Some of us weep because we're just overwhelmed by life. Saints, life is hard. And we feel overwhelmed. Maybe you're a husband and you just feel overwhelmed and you think, man, I'm just not doing a great job as a husband. So as you drive to work every morning, there's that, just that weeping, that, you, that, that thing inside of you that says, I'm not doing a great job, and, and maybe you don't feel like you're being a great dad, and so it brings you to tears. Or maybe as a mom, and you just feel like, man, things are closing in on me. How many diapers can I change in a day? And you just feel the pressure. Maybe you weep because you just have a lack of direction in your life. You, you don't know what to do, and it's just driving you to tears. It could be a spiritual attack. There are demons. And maybe you are doing exactly what God has called you to do, but man, you are just getting attacked on all sides. And here's the other thing is that maybe you just don't understand. You have no idea why something inside of you is just drawing you to weep. You don't know. But what I want to do is I want to look at Scripture. I want to look at Romans 12, and we're going to look at a few passages there, and then we're going to highlight what we can learn. First, look at Romans 12, chapter 1, or Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. If I came up to you and I said, hey, what is your spiritual worship? Here's what your answer is. My spiritual worship is that I am a living sacrifice. I'm a living sacrifice. And so that is our spiritual worship is being a living sacrifice. Look at verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And here's where we're going to focus. Weep with those who weep. 
So now as God's kids, I want to highlight right here that the Bible calls us to weep with those who weep. Now, when someone is weeping, there's many, many ways that we can weep and be with them. And maybe the Lord will give you some wisdom on how to help that person. There's a couple different ways. One way is you just go to that person and you just weep with them. I think sometimes in order to, to kind of build a common ground between someone that's hurting, we want to come and we want to let them know that, hey, we had a hard time too. And so here's how it goes. Person A over here having a hard time weeping. Someone says, what's going on? They say, well, this is what happened. Instead of just putting their arms around them, say, man, I'm with you. I hear you. That, I just want to be here with you. The temptation is to say, man, guess what happened to me once? And to shift the conversation from weeping for and with that person to now you've transferred it to yourself. And I will tell you, it does not feel good when you need someone to put their arm around you when they try to one-up you on they had it hard too. So saints, one of the things that we can learn is that when someone is weeping, just weep with them. Don't one-up them. So if this person is going through a, a bad sickness, you say, you know, once I had a bad sickness. No, it doesn't matter. We're going to focus on that person. We're going to weep with that person. We're going to put our arms around that person. We're going to look at some passages in the Psalms of those who weep in Scripture. Turn to Psalm chapter 6. Psalm chapter 6. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. We want to see... Other instances in scripture of when people weep. This is a psalm of David. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled, but you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you in Sheol. Who will give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with weeping. My eyes waste away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn their back and put to shame in a moment. Can you identify with David? In verse 6, I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench, I, I drench my couch with weeping. Because here's the thing, saints, a lot of what I want to preach on is the good things. And I want to be excited. And, you know, there's a part in that in Romans chapter 12. Man, be joyful with those that, are, that have joy. And that is, that's exciting. But here's the thing is that there's a lot of us and there's a lot of people in this world that are weeping. 
And so what do we do? What has our Father told us to do to his other creation that are weeping? What are we called to do? What are we called to do when someone calls us and says, listen, I am weary with groaning every night. I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with weeping. What do we do? God tells us to weep with them. Now, it's not the only thing that God teaches us to do, but that's the first thing that we should do is we should go and just weep with them, be with them. Look at Psalm 39, 12. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not your peace at my tears. Another Psalm of David, hear my prayer, Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not your peace at my tears. Lord, help me, come to me. And as that list of things that I read that you, thought, you think, you know what, I'm at, I am weeping for that, for that reason. Maybe none of us know that. But you have a lot in common with the psalmist. Turn to 102, Psalm 102, verses 1 through 9. The psalmist writes, Hear my prayer, O Lord, let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. For my days pass away like smoke and my, bo my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and is withered. I forget to eat my bread. Because of my loud groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. I am like a desert owl of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake. I am like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. All the day my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse. For I eat ashes like bread and mingle tears with my drink. Saints, here's the thing. If you're weeping, you're in real good company. It's in times of weeping that your relationship with the Lord gets strong. Because what happens is that everything in life that has brought you joy is not bringing you joy because something is happening inside of you. And you feel like this where he says, for I eat ashes like bread and mingle tears with my drink. I mean, what is an amazing Wagyu steak with garlic bread and everything if in your food you just have tears of weeping? There's something going on inside of you. And then maybe those that love you give you advice of, man, just cheer up because look at all the stuff that you have. Man, you should be happy because look at all the things that you have. And you're like, you know what? It, it, it doesn't help. I'm weeping inside. Look at the perfect example 
in John chapter 11, verse 28. The perfect example of one who weeps. John eleven twenty eight through 35. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in a private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she arose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. For all those that are weeping, your Savior knows what you're going through. And he draws near to you in your tears. But sometimes we're tempted to try to get rid of the tears before their God-given purpose has taken place. We try to get rid of tears and we try to get rid of depression. We try to get rid of it as fast as we can. Because everybody around us tells us, cheer up. Look at all that you have. Be joyful. But you know what? God has a purpose for our tears. He has a purpose in our weeping. He has a purpose in our times of distress. And I will tell you, saint, don't turn to something that will mask the way that you feel on the inside. Don't try to get rid of your tears as fast as you can. Because God has a purpose in them. And those that are going to comfort those that are weeping, don't do everything you can to get rid of the weeping. There's a movie called Sea Biscuit. It's about this horse and these three broken individuals. And one of the main characters, he is doing amazing. He has this uh, car dealership and selling a crazy amount of cars, buys this big ranch, Things are going awesome. He gets into car racing. He's got it all. He's got this old truck and his son, this young guy, he's, uh, the dad is going out on business and the son decides to go on a fishing trip just down on the property. He gets in the car and you've seen the movie. It cuts. The truck goes off this cliff.
and they're holding the dead child. There's so much distress in the family that the husband and wife divorce in the movie. And the way that his buddies want to cheer him up is they take him down to Mexico to, to watch some horse racing. Don't short circuit times of weeping. So if you are weeping, here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask two questions to yourself. You ask, why am I weeping? Why am I so downcast? What is going on in me? And then the second question is, ask the Father, what, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Saints, I will tell you, our God loves us, and he draws near to the brokenhearted. So you don't have to turn that frown upside down. You don't have to just pull up your bootstraps and everything's going to be great. Put on a smile for everybody else. You don't have to do that. Find out God's purpose in your tears. And so if you're weeping, tell a spouse or a brother or a sister so that they can weep with you. And brother or sister, if someone comes to you with their sorrows and they're weeping, weep with them. I'm going to read you a psalm, Psalm 116, for those that, that weep and after... After they've wept and they've cried out to the Lord, let me read you this psalm. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompass me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. 
I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all the people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in the midst of Jerusalem, praise the Lord. So saints, if someone is hurting, the first thing that you should do is draw near to them and just weep with them. Be with them. And then as things go on, you can pray. Pray for them. Pray with them. Lord, what what is it that you want me to do with these tears? And then I will tell you this. It does not matter. If the reason you're weeping is because of sin in your own life, God can forgive that sin, make you white as snow. So don't let the enemy tell that you can't be forgiven. You can be forgiven. That's the gospel. That's the beautiful thing. You're only one prayer away from getting right with the Lord. And so we're going to have a time of invitation. And I'm going to invite you right where you're at. If you are weeping, ask the Lord, why why do I have these tears? What's going on? You might already know. And ask the Lord, Lord, what is it you want me to do with these tears? What am I supposed to do? What, What do you want me to do? And you know what, Saint? I will tell you this. Our God draws near to the brokenhearted. He wants to be close to you. And so let him be close to you. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Father, we thank you for tears because they have a purpose. We thank you for creating us to weep over our sins so that we repent and come back to you. We thank you for the compassion that you filled us with, with others that are hurting, because we know you are a God of compassion. We think that you have a plan and that you have direction for our lives. We thank you that we can be tempted no more than we can handle, no matter what spiritual attack has come that you have made a way of escape. And so, Lord, I pray that you would draw near to all those that are in here that are brokenhearted. And, Lord, that you would guide us, teach us how to weep with those who weep. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, if you'll stand with me. So now what we're going to do is we just have a...